0: Hey, this is Mr. Anderson, Anderson, and you are listening to Two Out of Three Falls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What up? You know, it's uh, Peter Rosenberg, Hot 97, ESPN, WWE Network, Cheap Heat Podcast. Um, let's see what else I got. Mad jobs out here, but right now, talking all things wrestling. With my man, Randy Cruz, the Cruise Control Podcast. Sit back and stay mage. You're listening to Cruise Control with Randy Cruz.
1: This is the voice of the new world order. N-W-O. And the neopuric secrets of WCW Nitro. Graham Matthews, Bleacher Report. My man, how you doing? Doing great, brother. How about you? I'm doing good, man. Can't complain. We are on the road. One more week to King Corbin, buddy. <laughs> oh,
0: God. Don't yeah. don't say that. You're going to jinx it. Come You're going to jinx it, Randy. No. Don't do that. King Corbin. Evil all the way.
1: King Corbin is upon us. Um, even though the finals will be on Monday Night Raw, not at Clash of Champions, which kind of... Um, disappoints me a little bit I mean again it don't really matter but I think if you were going to have a clash of champions show King in the Ring finals should be on that show um but you have uh, a Roman Reigns Eric Rowan match there's, there's there's no championship involved you got that match on the main card but now you're moving Corbin and Chad Gable to Monday Night Raw which it's whatever but to you Should the king of the ring finals be on the pay-per-view or just
0: leave it on raw? I mean, ideally, yeah, the pay-per-view, but because there's already 11 matches, not counting the finals of the King of the Ring tournament, it's probably better they just save it for Raw. Um, It should be a really good match. I am looking forward to Chad Gable versus Baron Corbin, but it doesn't really make much of a difference where it ends up, whether it's on the pay-per-view, Raw, SmackDown, whatever. Um, It honestly gives us another thing to look forward to on Raw this week, so I kind of like it in that respect, where they're not just cramming everything into the pay-per-view, so I like that. But, um... No, it doesn't really make It doesn't really make much of a difference one way or the other. Yo, bro, I didn't even know it was eleven matches. Holy shit! Yeah, I'm we have ten right championship matches, and then because wow. every championship has to be defended per the gimmick of the show, and then Rowan and Roman Reigns, one of the most anticipated matches That's on right. the entire card. That's right. When, when Rowan says when 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 Rowan
1: says, "Look into my eyes," it, it makes you want to watch, right?
0: <laughs> oh, of course, they buy the eyes of future WWE champion, no doubt. Um, listen, we—I
1: know we're gonna get to Clash uh, preview in, in a hot second. We did have Raw and SmackDown at the Garden for the first time in ten years. I tell you this, man. Um, one, my bad about not linking up with you, even though we were we were in the same fucking section. <laughs> yeah, same section. Three hours. Never saw Graham.
0: <laughs> it was so, a good show, though. I was gonna honestly try to go out of my way to find you. You were a couple rows in back of me, and I did look back a couple times, but yeah. I was in row five. You were in row eighteen, yeah. So okay. it wasn't like you were that close. No. But when did you <laughs> leave the show? When did you leave? Like right after the main event or beforehand? Nah. When did you take off? A-
1: after Stone Cold did the, the the stunner to AJ, the beer bath, and everything. Then he was like. Uh, yeah, I respect you and this and that. They drank beer. He stunned AJ, and then he saw the the uh, impractical joker guy yep. in the front. Yeah, yep. I was there for that.
0: Okay, that's what I thought because I was waiting until after that the whole Salvacana uh, thing. I was like, okay, if he's leaving now, I might catch him because I was kind of looking at both aisles and I didn't spot. And I'm like, ah shit, I gotta get going. But it, it won't. We maybe next time. But yeah, we're in the same fucking section. But it was a good show though. Uh. I also got there way too late. I, I probably would have linked up with you beforehand. I just—I literally got there when main event started, the, uh, uh, the the pre-show taping or whatever. And I didn't right. want to miss Ennis Cantor winning the uh, right. 24-7 title.
1: <laughs> right. Uh, former New York Nick, current Boston Celtic in the Garden doing a real heel move. Um, quick tidbit, um, Kurt Angle is now a producer on, on
0: Raw. Uh, w- what do you make of that? I think it's cool. I think he's been shadowing other producers now for a while because he did retire back at WrestleMania in April, and I think he's been part of the company on the road since right. then, just not on TV. Right. Um. But it's a great role for him. They have a lot of great producers as it is. Um. Everyone from a Kurt Angle to a uh you know a Dean Malenko. Well, not actually no. I think he left. Uh. They had R Anderson in that spot at one point. Jamie Noble's still there. They have friggin' Abyss from TNA. Um, Sun J Dutt, people like that. And now um, Kurt Angle. So I think he's another great addition to an already stacked team behind the scenes at WWE. I do
1: know what I was forgetting that I saw during the week. What was that? On they're, they're bringing the draft back. And one, uh, SmackDown's going to get the first part of the draft. Then the second part is going to be on Raw, I think, on October 11th and the 14th. I think that's where they're going to map it out. So they're bringing the draft back, and I read that they were trying to bring in more NFL-style draft. Uh, that could be somebody coming out and say with the first pick, this guy, this SmackDown picks and whatever. I, I don't know how it's going to play out, but what do you make of the draft coming back? And, and, and one, SmackDown getting the first go-around, and then the, I guess the final part will be on Raw.
0: No, I like that. I think it's a good idea. I mean, to have the show on SmackDown just kind of makes sense, just because SmackDown is moving live to Fox on Fridays. I like the idea of the draft. What I don't like is having it split up. I would rather just have it in one day. Um, Then again, is it really that much different than what they did with the Superstar Shakeup when they would have SmackDown stars move to Raw on Mondays, and then vice versa on SmackDown on Tuesday? So I guess it's really not that different, but this is going to be a full-on draft where they're blowing up the entire roster right now. I know people are on certain shows technically as it is, but it doesn't really matter with the wild card rule. Um, I would blow up both rosters and then just draft one—you know—people from uh, one roster to the other, like we saw a few years ago when they first bra- when they first brought back the brand split in the summer of 2016. That's what I would do. Um, but I do like the idea of a draft to kind of remind people: okay, this is who was assigned to Raw. This is who was assigned sign of SmackDown. Let's get it right this time. No mixing and matching of the brands. Fucking stick the split and, and not move away from it, not deviate from it. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it and the timing. I mean, they probably should have done it coming out of SummerSlam. That was my idea when they announced that Heyman and Bischoff were running Raw and SmackDown respectively a few months ago. But better late than never, I guess. I mean, listen, are
1: we really, are we, are, are we really putting everybody... In the mix and say, all right, with the first pick, SmackDown's is gonna get really anybody who they want, or we're gonna hold off to a couple people and we're gonna do a draft, but it's not really involving the top stars. So if SmackDown again, okay, okay let's say, for example, with Seth is still champion, Becky's still champion, for example, uh, every every champion remains the same. But if SmackDown wants to pick first, can they really say, all right, I, I want Braun Strowman. I want this guy. I- I- are we going to hold a couple people to a certain brand or is it pretty much everybody up for grabs?
0: Um. Yeah, I think everyone, I mean, it, 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 people should be relegated to one brand or the other. It shouldn't uh-huh. be, oh, this guy can switch shows. I mean, aside from maybe certain champions like the 24-7 champion, the women's tag team champions, it, it really should be. They should also include NXT too. I would assume some people from NXT will be moving to Raw and SmackDown, and hopefully right. vice versa too. I don't want to see five people from the main roster move back down to NXT, um, but for a few different people, it might not be a bad idea. But um, no one should be exempt from this thing. I mean, obviously the Raw, you know, tag team champions, you know, they should be on Raw. But beyond that, it should be everyone yeah. is up for grabs here, and everyone should be assigned to one show or the other. And no, again, no mixing and matching. No, no three stars from smackdown can appear on raw none of that bullshit because it just gets confusing and waters down the brand's blood even more than it already has
1: so you were at the garden like me for monday night raw i was not there on tuesday for smackdown what did you make of raw while being there and what did you make of smackdown being uh, raw smackdown both being at the garden
0: it was cool. I watched back the last raw to emanate from MSG before this past week, which would have been ten years ago. I mean, they showed a million clips of it, but uh, right. when Kofi put Orton through the boom, uh, through the table with the boom drop ten years ago, it's crazy to see how much has changed in that time. The main of that uh, the main event of that show ten years ago was John Cena and the Undertaker versus Jericho, Chris Jericho and the Big Show in D-Generation X. That's quite the main event. Uh, we didn't have that this year, but we did have a great you know 10-man tag team match i thought it was a good match stone cold steve austin all over the episode which was awesome to say no one gets a pop quite like stone cold even in 2019 which is really saying something but um no, I thought it was cool they produced two really good shows. They usually go all out in the garden for their televised stuff. This was no exception. Smackdown I thought was far inferior to Raw, and obviously we're biased because we were there on Monday. Yeah. But I thought all things considered it was a very good show on Raw with Raw on Monday. Everything served a purpose aside from maybe like the Lacey Evans and Italia shit. That was kind of pointless. But everything else that was solid, entertaining, served a purpose, built up um, you know, hype for Clash of Champions on Sunday Smackdown not as good it was a solid show albeit a bit uneventful but um, that had its moments as well so overall two very newsworthy days from the Garden for WWE
1: Uh, Graham, I'm gonna I'm gonna play advocate with you man I I, with the Garden yeah I get it with I get I I got it with 10 years of being there I, I think for the most part they really played to the fact that it was at the Garden and that was cool, you know. We got Stone Cold with, with, with the stories of him and Brad, him and Taker, him and McMahon. Taker with the stories uh, on SmackDown. Everything was about the garden, the garden, the garden. Uh, it's cool, but did you feel like the shows that they were putting on for Raw SmackDown? They were playing more to the, you know, to the venue, or or not?
0: Um to an extent, yeah. I mean, obviously they brought in Stone Cold for Raw and then Undertaker for SmackDown, and they got to stop doing this shit. I mean, I like <laughs> I mean, obviously seeing Stone Cold in person is something I will never get will never get over just because it's always awesome. He always elicits that superstar reaction that you will never hear anyone else get from maybe ex- with the exception of The Rock. Right. He's the only other person you will hear get a reaction quite like that in 2019 mm-hmm. in any wrestling arena ever. I don't care where you are no one gets that type of reaction that Stone Cold Steve Austin does. That being said, another promoting a show on USA Network, so it made sense. It was a cool moment within the Garden. The taker stuff, it really wasn't as high on. I honestly thought that was kind of pointless. Um, I know they brought him in maybe to boost ticket sales, but... He did the usual same old shit where he comes out, cuts a promo that makes no sense, gets interrupted by some heel, lays them out with a chokeslam, and have that be it. Doesn't set up a match. No. Doesn't get you know attacked or anything like by, by a person such as the fiend, for example. It's really just business as usual, and then he moves on. So it appeased the live crowd. They, you know, the, the live crowd enjoyed it, which was cool. But in the larger scheme of things, it was a waste of time. So, um, yeah, they were kind of playing to the arena, to the venue a little bit on both shows to a certain extent. I thought Raw did a better job of showcasing the current roster. Um, you know, we had Raw reunion a few months ago. And that show closed out with all the legends sharing a beer and doing the beer bash with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. And as cool as that was, it benefited nobody from the current roster. At least this show ended with Cedric Alexander, former 205 Alive guy as of, you know, six months ago, uh, pinning AJ Styles in the main event of Raw and MSJ before celebrating with Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's pretty fucking cool. Um, and then we also had, you know,. The semifinals of the King of the Ring with Baron Corbin winning. That yeah. was you know, completely about, <laughs> yeah. that was all about the current roster. Uh, Rey Mysterio versus Gran League, Very good match as well. The women's tag team match I thought was also excellent. So, <laughs> yeah, they played to the venue with the appearances of Stone Cold and Undertaker. But at least in the case of Stone Cold, they served a purpose. And, um, you know, it served a purpose. The crowd, lo- you know, the live crowd loved it. And it made for a great moment in MSJ. Why didn't we get Bray Wyatt and Stone Cold? I mean, honestly, I I wasn't too surprised. I think a lot more people were expecting that than I was. I thought there was a better chance of Taker getting laid out by by The Fiend Mm -hmm. than Stone Cold Steve Austin just because we haven't seen Stone Cold take any bumps in WWE in God knows how long. I don't know if it's a health thing or if it's just the fact that You know, he's on an entirely different level than anyone else. So to see him be vulnerable may not be his thing. Maybe the company doesn't want to book him to look vulnerable. I'm not sure. But we have not seen him get attacked or laid out in. It's got to be 10, 15, 20, maybe, even, maybe not 20 years, but at least since he retired a long time ago. I could not tell you the last time he got attacked by anybody. So I'm not surprised that Wyatt didn't lay him out. At least they addressed it with the Firefly Funhouse thing, which I appreciated. Taker not getting attacked by The Fiend, there is no excuse for that. Taker has no business being around anyway in 2019. His matches serve no purpose. They're usually no good. Um, I don't want to sue this bill to Taker and Bray Wyatt next year. WrestleMania. But there's no harm in having Bray Wyatt lay out Undertaker as a one-off on SmackDown. I think it would have led, it would have led to a great moment. The crowd would have reacted big. Would have reacted huge. Um... You know, it would have solidified Bray Wyatt, The Fiend specifically, as a top tier talent, as a superstar, not just as a star, but as a superstar. And we didn't get that. So Stone Cold and Wyatt, not surprised. Taker and Wyatt was very disappointing that I did not get that on Tuesday, just because there really was no excuse to not do that interaction and to not have Bray Wyatt lay out The Undertaker. But then why
1: Why have Bray mentioned Stone Cold in the promo? And Stone Cold is there. Bray Wyatt, I know he was there. You mentioned him in the Firefly Funhouse. You get the fans this kind of thinking like, mm, maybe Bray's going to attack Stone Cold and do something. You mentioned him. But don't do anything. I, th- I think that was the. I think that was the 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 uh, disconnect of like maybe if you don't match him in the promo and don't and don't do anything, that's fine. You mention him in the firefly funhouse and don't do shit. So that was kind of like maybe they pre taped that and then they change the script after. I don't know, but that was a point. That was a point of me like, why match him if you're not gonna come out and attack him? You know.
0: Yeah, I could see how people would get their hopes up for that, which, I mean, I wasn't entirely surprised because, again, we haven't seen Austin get attacked by anyone in WWE in so long that I wasn't expecting it anyway coming into the show. And even after Wyatt said that, I thought there was a slight chance. Part of me did hope deep down that the main event would end the way it did or maybe it would end in a DQ. The heels start attacking the baby faces. Stone Cold comes out. Maybe not attacks everyone with a stunner it would make them look like shit. So maybe not. But Stone Cold closing up the show kind of the same way that we got. But then Bray Wyatt after the lights go out, they come back on. The Fiend is in the ring. The Br- uh, you know Bray Wyatt the Fiend lays out Stone Cold. That's how you go off the show. Um, I thought that would have been an epic ending. Didn't get my hopes up just you know considering the circumstances. But I think they addressed it with the Firefly Funhouse just to. I don't know. Explain why Wyatt was not attacking Stone Cold. I would have to go back and watch it, mm-hmm. but I know he said something in that episode where he was like, "Oh, you know, I could go after him, but I won't because he's a friend," or "Never trust the Rattlesnake," or something along those lines. Yeah. He definitely talked way more about Stone Cold than I thought he would, but he did it in a way where he was like, "Okay, I'm not going to attack him, and here's why." So I, I appreciated that. They at least they didn't just you know completely. Ignore the fact that Stone Cold was there when Bray Wyatt was talking about, um, you know, the current, you know, Hell in the Cell going for the championship, the current state of affairs on Monday Night Raw. Yeah. But, um, you know, I wasn't disappointed. I really thought that I appreciated that he acknowledged him and I could see why people got their hopes up. But again, considering the circumstances, I just was not surprised when The Fiend did not show up at the end of the show.
1: Does it bother you or concern you the fact that, you know, they were building up this uh, Raw SmackDown at the Garden 10 years, Stone Cold, Taker, all this good stuff, but the ratings did not indicate that a lot of people cared in watching Stone Cold come back or Taker or The Garden? I I know the ratings are, I think, in the 2 million range. They got under 2 million for the third hour of Raw, which which was. A little, a little surprising and alarming. And the same for SmackDown. I know SmackDown's tenure on USA is going to come to an end soon. They are going to Fox in the beginning of October. But does the ratings concern you, even though they, they really hyped this, this Raw SmackDown up?
0: Normally, yes, and it still is alarming, the fact that the third hour, like they dropped off 500,000 viewers between the first hour and the third hour. And I get it. I mean, they see Stonk Old Steve Austin. What other reason is there to tune into the rest of the show? I mean, obviously, there were other matches advertised, but if you're a casual fan... You don't care about the current roster because this company's been giving you zero reasons Mm -hmm. to care about the current roster. After seeing Stone Cold Steve Austin, why would you tune in after that? You know, why would you bother to watch the rest of the show when there, especially, was not a main event advertised until maybe 10 o'clock. Like they didn't advertise that 10-man tag team match until maybe two-thirds of the way through the show. Um, But obviously, you got to mention this too, they were up against football on Monday. Football's back on Monday nights. Uh, I was not shocked at all. I talked to a lot of people who were asking me how Raw was, and they said they didn't watch because they were watching football. So I get it. It's a case like that every single year, but that's not an excuse because that's no. always been an excuse. Right. Monday Night or, you know, Monday Football is not a new thing. It's been around forever, okay? Mm-hmm. At this time a year ago, that same episode of Raw, where it wasn't an MSG, Stone Cold wasn't on the show. Um, I don't know if it was a Labor Day episode or what the deal was, but that same episode, maybe September 10th, 2018, had 2.7 million viewers. This episode had... 2.1 million viewers for that first hour. Wow. That is fucking terrible. That's a <laughs> yeah. hundreds of thousands of people have dropped off from raw in the last year. That is atrocious. So again, I cannot imagine how much how much worse it's going to be in the next, you know, year or two. They had Stone Cold a couple years ago. Even he didn't put a dent in the ratings. Uh Back then, it's not going to make a difference now. You could try it out as many legends as you want. It will not make a fucking lick of a difference. And I'm glad. You know what? Honestly, the ratings to me, I play my part. I watch the shows live. I do what I can. As long as they're putting forth a quality product, I honestly don't really care about the ratings. I mean, it's alarming for the company. I'm not saying they shouldn't care. They absolutely should be worried about that. But as far as... Me personally, uh, there's really nothing I can do to impact that as opposed to just watching the show and being there, supporting the show, whatever. Um, so I just care about a quality show. We got that on Monday. I hope they don't see the ratings and are like, wow, you know, by advertising all these matches in advance and doing what we did with the show, we won't do that again. It clearly didn't work. Yeah. It's not, you know, they could have brought out fucking CM Punk. It would not have mattered, dude. The ratings would still be shit because they, the damage has been done and they've just been given people. They've been giving people zero reasons to care about the show for so long now that advertising Stone Cold out of nowhere for this show, regardless of where it's emanating from, will not make a difference when they're going up against such, you know, um, a dominant, you know, such dominant competition in Monday Night Football. So it really would not have mattered either way. So,
1: so, so let's, let's dive into this, Greg. I, 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 I. I appreciate you saying that because this is where I this is my thinking I'm at the garden and I'm facing the hard camera side so the crowd is going to be a little empty I've never seen or been to the garden for a WWE event and I know they leave a little uh, area kind of empty for the camera guy I I do get that part but bro, if you can look at the you can look at the uh the network for the last time they were in the garden for 09, the Kofi Orton episode, and you would see both sides full to the max. Not one seat empty. Mm-hmm. When you face the hard camera side that, that me and you were looking at. And I'm looking like, damn, this, this is fucking MSG. You know, this is Monday Night Raw, MSG, uh, Stone Cold, all that. It was a little bit empty on that side, bro. I, that got me like, damn, like, it don't matter. Because I was hearing they put Stone Cold there because they weren't selling tickets to begin with. So yeah. now I'm like, damn, like, just imagine if Stone Cold was not even there, Graham. Just imagine Stone Cold or Take It Was with, with Not Even on SmackDown. Who's going to show up? Mm -hmm. And I'll show up. You'll show up. The diehards are going to be there. But like you said earlier, the casual fans have been so disconnected from the product now. And I keep hearing, Graham, I keep hearing this is the best time to be in the business. This is the best time to be a wrestling fan. This is the best time to watch wrestling because of the athleticism and this and that, the talent. So so, so, the thing is, it's not on the talent. My thing is this. If this is the best time in pro wrestling,
0: why aren't people watching the product? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a great time for wrestling fans that are already fans of wrestling. But like I said, I think the damage has been done because this company has been has been neglecting their audience now for so fucking long. And I'm not just talking about bad booking decisions and shit like that. It goes far beyond bad creative. I mean, this is a discussion we've had a million times here on the show. But Mm. you know, failing to make people care about the current roster. And it's at the point now where you can't put a fucking Band-Aid on a, uh, on a gunshot wound when it comes to the lack of new stars they've created. And by that I mean you can't trot out the Stone Colds anymore, the Undertakers, the mm. Triple Hs, yeah, fucking Shawn Michaels, you name it. It does not matter. It may have mattered five, ten years ago. The current roster, you know, it didn't matter. It, it didn't matter if the show sucked because they could always trot out these legends and they would pop a huge rating. Right. In 2019, it doesn't matter anymore because the company has pulled that card one too many fucking times. And it's at the point now where it, 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 it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. People will not tune into the show for those people. They won't buy tickets for a Stone Cold for the most part. They won't buy a ticket for Seth Rollins. It doesn't matter. It's all about the brand. And if there's no buzz around the brand, I mean, WWE will always be WWE, but if they have a history of putting on lackluster shows and putting on shows that just – there's no, oh, I need to sit down and watch this show. They're not in must-see. Then people won't go, or they won't watch the shows. And like I said, I will be the first one to defend WWE in this case when it comes to putting on better shows because I've been shitting on this show for so long now when it comes to Raw and SmackDown. But yeah. they've done a good job of improving the quality of Raw and SmackDown in the last two months, I would say. It's not amazing, obviously. It has its faults no. still. But overall, you know, I think I I would honestly say the show's been better. I thought Monday show for what it was was one of the better raws I've seen in some time. That being said, the damage has been done. It's gonna take a lot, dude, yeah, to get uh, people back in the buildings and watching the shows again. I would argue.
1: I I mean, it, 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 listen, man, it, it's a lot. Um, I don't I don't even know if, if Fox 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 is gonna help out that much. It, it really depends it, on what they do, yeah. but. You know, me being, again, at the Garden seeing Raw and, and really think it was going to be sold out. It wasn't. Um, Stone Cold can only do, what, you know, so much. Um, the four horse women match was the best match on on Raw. Uh, and me and you, being you, was just on this show last week debating, well, they should save it for WrestleMania. And then, like, I'm in Florida. You text me. Hey, look. Well, <laughs> apparently not. They're going, they're going at Raw. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like, why would they... Do this now, again, playing to the Garden. Right, listen, I love the Garden. I work there. But you don't have to put that match at the Garden. I know it's a tag team match. I know, not mean you talk about maybe a fatal four-way for whatever belt at that time. But... These girls did not have to be in the ring at the same time right away. Like you, you, you know, you gotta milk it and, and progress and do this and do that. Yeah, Sasha and Becky is at the PPV. Bailey and Charlotte at the PPV. But you, these four did not. Great match, I tell you that much. I, I, I can't, I can't deny that. But now it's like, all right, n- now what do you do? Now when it comes to WrestleMania, does it feel as special? Maybe because I, I, I do remember. Going way back, you know, you know, we, we I tend to, you know, we tend to be like, well, they shouldn't fight right away. It should be for WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And I catch myself where like, you know, if I say the Rock and Stone Cold should 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 be the main event at WrestleMania, they they should never fight prior. Well, they did. They fought at, at a fucking in your house, they fought at at, at a Royal Rumble, whatever, and they then yeah. they got a main event at the at, at Mania. So maybe that's the logical thing they're going with. But I think for now that was kind of like the maybe top two, top three storyline that you had. And me and you as fans did not want them to to waste it just on Raw because it's it's the garden. It's like, all right, now what do you do? So aside from that, I thought Raw was okay. The main event, terrible. Um, the 10-man tag did, did not need to happen. Um, my man, Baron Corbin is going to be king of the ring he, he, he defeated Samoa Joe and Ricochet I know you hated that the crowd hated it which I love so that shows you how much of a true heel Baron Corbin is and I think Baron Corbin is, 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 is underrated because a lot of fans don't like the way he wrestles they, they, they want they, they, they like Samoa Joe they like ricochet. They like all these fucking high flyers. They don't like Baron Corbin, but the character of Baron Corbin makes me like it because he he's he, he's an asshole. He's he's arrogant. He's that's what I like. So the the crowd in the garden, I thought they loved the heels. Typically, New York crowd loves the heels, but they hated Baron Corbin. So that must mean he's doing a great fucking job of doing that.
0: No, I like Baron Corbin. I've always said this, but I think the guy does a great job of playing the role that he does. Right. Um I mean, is he over pushed? I mean, that's debatable. I think he's had a lot of accomplishments for a guy that really not has yet to get to that next level, but I would say right now, because I don't want to say he's not mean event material. Right now he's not. But you know, when he went for the championship a few months ago, mm-hmm. the matches with Seth Rollins, they really were not that good. The feud sucked. And never at any point did I want to see him as Universal Champion. Two years ago, different story. He was on a roll, having great matches with guys like Kalisto, Dolph Ziggler. AJ Styles, Mm. Sami Zayn, Nakamura, and I'm like, okay, I want to see him as WWE champion. One money in the bank, honestly, very high on the idea of him as the champion, and then they fucked him over when uh, when he failed to cash in. I would say that was the biggest turning point with the the Baron Corbin character where to me he has yet to fully recover from that and he's done a lot since then obviously again Money in the Bank United States Champion Raw GM retiring Kurt Angle at Wrestlemania I don't think he's quite at that next level yet of like a top tier world championship caliber competitor Uh, maybe at some point but for right now I just don't think I think Chad Gable a guy like a Gable could benefit way more from being the king of the ring than Baron Corbin could. The same guy who already retired, Kurt Angle, and so many other people like that. I mean, he's done so much in the last year or so alone. There's no reason for Baron Corbin to win this thing. That being said, (laughs) dude, he's a great fucking asshole, like you said. And honestly, I don't want to see him win the whole thing, but I think he's the perfect spoiler in in the sense that you know, having him in the finals makes people want to rally behind Gable and see him win that much more because people don't want Corbin to win. They so badly do not want this guy to win where it's going to benefit Gable when he beats him on Monday. And that's why I'm glad that Corbin won that match on Monday. It was a really good match. Honestly, I loved it. I'm a Corbin guy, I'm a Corbin fan all the way. I just don't want to see him as king of the ring. I just don't really think there's anywhere to really go from there uh, that we haven't already seen with Corbin before, whereas with Gable, it would be something new, but Corbin... No matter how much people may hate the guy, if in character, that's fine. But if people legitimately do not like Baron Corbin, you gotta look at this guy's track record of in-ring performances in the last three weeks alone. The match with The Miz, really, really good shit. The match with Cedric, great match. Mm-hmm. The match with Ricochet and Joe, great match. So it's not like he's being carried to good matches. One match, maybe. Three matches, there's no doubt that the guy's talented. Right. So, Baron Corbin, very good. Just don't really want to see him as king of the ring. But that's just me.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> that's just you and everybody else out there.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's probably not a popular opinion.
1: Um. So, yeah, I wasn't surprised that he beat Ricochet and Samoa Joe. Not surprised that Ricochet did not take the pin. Um. What else we got on Raw? This, you know, the, the the contract signing with Seth and Braun was whatever Stone Cold did what, what he could. Stone Cold came out at the end, did the beer bath, uh, beer, you know, with uh, AJ and everything. He stunned AJ in the beginning, stunned AJ at the end. Um, I think that's pretty much it from from Raw. Smackdown, we had Orton and Kofi, you know, reliving their. Stuff from 10 years ago with Kofi uh, putting Orton through a table to prepare for that match at Clash. And, you know, Rowan and Roman getting into it on the stage. Uh, Kevin Owens is apparently fired from from the company. He puts out a tweet with a bunch of numbers and everybody starts ciphering. Uh, Everything in uh, NXT happens to be the 14th and the 20th or whatever letter people have come up with. So um, in in order to make uh, Chad Gable advance to the King of the Ring finals, he beat Shane McMahon because Shane replaced Elias because he had an injury. I don't know if that's real or not, but we had Shane and Gable and then Gable won with Kevin Owens as the referee. So with Kevin Owens being uh, quote unquote fired and the tweet of the numbers, and everybody's saying, oh, that's NXT. Do you see Kevin Owens going to NXT in the near future?
0: Full-time, no, but I do think there's a very real possibility that we could see him show up on that first debut show, the first show on USA Network this Wednesday. and the time, it could not be better because the whole, oh, you're fired storyline – Dude, it's been done to death a million times. It's been 20 years since we got the first firing Stone Cold Steve Austin yeah. from Vince McMahon. It's been done to death over the last two decades that it's so nonsensical at this point, especially when you, a guy like a Kevin Owens at this point has, been, has either quit or been fired in storyline three times now in the span of two years. And, and he five, always comes yeah. back because you know he's not actually fired. You know, um, We're at an age now, we're at a point now in time where it doesn't matter. People don't take it seriously because we know he'll be back. So I thought that was dumb. But they could make it interesting if they put him on NXT for a short period. Maybe not even put him on NXT for a full-on run, but as a one-off to return home to where he started in WWE five years ago on the debut show on USA to send the message, hey, anything can happen on these shows. Anyone can show up. And I think that would be better than bringing in a guy like, you know, AJ Styles or a Seth Rollins and, you know, even maybe Rollins has a tie to NXT as the first ever NXT champion, but then it's like, hey, we're just putting main roster people on the shows to boost ratings. That, to me, feels desperate, at least with Owens, from a storyline standpoint, it makes sense because... He doesn't have a job right now. Technically, in storyline, he needs somewhere to go. So why not go back to his old stomping grounds? William Regal, I'm sure, would love to have him. So it makes a lot of sense. And I'm glad, um, you know, I, I mean, that was that might have been just him teasing people. I'm not sure it might actually happen because this is the same dude that was teasing an alliance or the undisputed era at one point a year or so ago. So, right. you know, I, I wouldn't put too much stock in what Kevin Owens is tweeting. But nothing is, you know, nothing is out of the realm of possibility. And honestly, like. like, Like I said, the timing could not be better with that debut show on USA happening next Wednesday live. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, we do have Clash of Champions this Sunday. Uh, You mentioned 11 matches. Yeah. Where do we start? So we get AJ and Cedric for the US title. Cedric
0: pinned AJ twice on Raw, right? Um, no, he did not pin him in that first match. It was DQ in for Cedric, but oh, he DQ, did pin him in okay. the main event, yeah. All right,
1: so who do you got, AJ or Cedric Alexander for the U.S. title?
0: So I think it's going to be AJ, but I do think it would be cool if Cedric won. Now, I know AJ just won the belt two months ago, but... I, I think now would be as good of a time as any to put the, to put the title on Cedric Alexander. He's riding that wave of momentum right now. He's had some great matches in the last couple weeks with Cesaro, Drew McIntyre, Baron Corbin, now AJ on raw and winning that main event, pinning AJ styles, having the beer bash with stone cold. The guy is, is probably at the peak of his push right now. I feel like if they don't put the title on him here, he'll never get the championship and he will slide right back down the card. in this pay-per-view is emanating from his hometown of Charlotte, North Carolina. So again, the timing could not be better. So I really want to see Cedric win, but, my mind is telling me AJ, my heart wants Cedric, my mind is telling me AJ Styles retains which is not worst case scenario obviously because AJ's champion is not the worst thing you um, can go on to have feuds with Cedric still rekindle the rivalry with Ricochet if he wants, feud with Ray Mysterio which at some point which would be really cool to watch if they wanted to do that but uh, for now I do think AJ is retaining the championship
1: um, to have fun I'll go with Cedric. Um, maybe maybe they do the switch. Maybe maybe they won't, but I'll go with Cedric. You got AJ. Um, women's tag team title, Mandy Rose, Sony Deville, Nikki Cross, and Alexa Bliss.
0: Who cares? Who gives a <laughs> shit? The titles mean nothing, but um, uh-huh. I mean, I'm going to say Bliss and Cross just because they just won the titles a month ago. Right. But then again, if they win here... Who else is there for them to defend against? They've beaten the Iconics. They've beaten the Kabuki Warriors. They've already beaten Fire and Desire once before on Raw, and they might beat them again here. Um, so if they do, what other team do you have go for the championships? So um, Fire and Desire winning at some point, if not on Sunday, wouldn't be the worst thing. But even then, you're just passing the championship along between like the same three or four teams because they have no women's tag teams right now. Um But I'll say Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss just because they just won the championships a month ago. That's my only reasoning for them winning here.
1: Yeah, I'll go with Alexa. Alexa and and Nikki Cross. Um, I I, I don't know why. (laughs) Like you said, who cares? But, um, I'll go with Alexa and Nikki. Uh, Roman Reigns, Eric Rowan in a no DQ match. Um... We still haven't found out why Eric Rowan ran down Roman Reigns with a car. Um, we don't know why he's doing this at all. No police have been ever at the at the arenas to find out why Eric did this. He's never been arrested. Great storyline. Um, <laughs> I mean, just I mean, it's simple. It's pretty much simple. Like if if I ran you down. A cop will come to me and arrest me or do something like Mm -hmm. it it, it is what it is. But I say Roman Reigns, unless you get some Daniel Bryan interference. Uh, I don't know where they're going with this, but I'm going to say Roman Reigns.
0: Yeah, Roman Reigns. I mean, there's really no reason to have Rowan win. The guy sucks. I mean, they might try to convince you, hey, the guy's on Roman Reigns' level by having him brawl with Roman on Tuesday. Dude, who gives a shit? It's fucking Eric Rowan. Eric Rowan. The guy sucks. He's not good. I appreciate their attempt to make new stars, but this isn't ain't, this ain't the answer, dude. This ain't the fucking answer. So, I think Roman Reigns wins here. They could have Rowan win with interference from Daniel Bryan who I do I do maintain is the ultimate opponent for Roman Reigns. I I probably sound like a crazy person saying this, but I do think we are headed towards um, Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns at some point. We fucking have to be. We have to be. Um, Because if not, what a disappointment Roman Reigns and Rowan is. Um, I know it's a filler match probably for this pay-per-view. I would say we don't even need the match on this show because it's not a title match. No one gives a shit. Rowan sucks. It probably won't be a good match. But they can't go two straight pay-per-views without Roman Reigns on the card because he did not wrestle, let alone appear at SummerSlam. So they kind of have to have him in action here. And there's no reason to have him go for a championship. So I get why they're doing it. But um, I have no high hopes for this. I really don't care about it at all. But I assume Roman Reigns wins because him losing to Rowan would be comical.
1: Yeah, because, you know, I would assume... Roman and Daniel Bryan will be a WrestleMania-type match, but, you know, with them, they probably put on fucking SmackDown.
0: I mean, at, at this point, <laughs> this, this, who cares? Who cares? Uh, <laughs>
1: oh, man. What else we got here? Uh, Shinsuke, The Miz, Intercontinental Championship. Um. Uh, um. I'm going to say Nakamura. I, I. I I think, again, it's not his fault. It just once he's once he became IC champion, they just haven't done anything with Nakamura. I, I just don't. I mean, I don't, I don't to, get it. To
0: be fair, they weren't doing anything with the championship before he won the title, anyway. Yeah, so I mean, just, but now he's champion, and they like, all right
1: now you're champion, I and mean, we still ain't doing shit with you, which is kind of is yeah, it's kind of weird. I know they got Sami Zayn being a mouthpiece, but uh, the Miz, I will always say he's better off as a heel. Um, then a good guy, he doesn't need the belt. I think Nakamura keeps the belt. What do you think?
0: This could go either way. I'm not going to say that a Miz win here is totally far fetched, just because I think there's a chance Miz could win because Nakamura has done nothing with the championship. True, um, Miz could very well win for two reasons because Nakamura's reign has been irrelevant so far, and two. I, I don't want to, you know, wear a tinfoil hat here, but like Chris Jericho has the most reigns as IC champion. He's over in AEW now, so maybe just to fucking spite the guy, they might give the belt to Miz to have him tie Chris Jericho's record. Cause you know, at some point he's going to break the record. Yeah. So, you know. Honestly, it's only inevitable, so they might as well get one step closer now by having him tie Jericho's record so then they can say, oh, he has the most reigns for Intercontinental Champion, not that other guy, that that world champion from AEW. Again, that's just the uh, conspiracy theorist in May, but I, I would not be shocked. The IC title recently celebrated 40 years. Maybe they'll tie it back into that. I don't know. Um, I will say Nakamura wins, though, just because he is still early on in his reign. There's still a lot more to go. A lot, you know, a lot more people for him to defend against. Uh, beyond the Miz, people like Apollo Cruz and Ali and Buddy Murphy, even people like that. Um, Roman Reigns, if they, wanted to go that route, I, if they wanted to go that route, I doubt it. But still. Um, that being said, more importantly than anything else, they have the Sami Zayn-Nakamura pairing. And I think it's a good pairing. It's, I think it's beneficial to both guys. So to have Nakamura lose the championship now, a month after they join forces, would completely defeat the purpose of Zayn joining Nakamura in the first place. So to keep that partnership alive, I would have Nakamura hold on to the championship here.
1: All right. Uh, the New Day and the revival for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship uh, uh, again, another match. Uh, who who cares? Because I, a lot of these matches don't have the storylines, the big storylines going into it. So it just, I think this match was put together. I could be totally wrong, but um, I don't know. I this one, this one, I really don't know. Um, I think
0: you might go New Day. Am I right? Yeah, I'm going to say New Day just because, I mean, at this point, it doesn't really matter. But it is the SmackDown tag team titles, and technically the Revival are still on Raw. Oh. So I think the New Day retain the titles. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, go New Day. Um, Drew Gulak, Humberto
1: Carrillo, and Lince Dorado for the Cruiserweight Championship triple threat match. Go ahead. Take it away, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, as the 205 Live, uh, I don't even know what the word would be. As the person who watches 205 Live, I'm looking forward to the match. It should be a good match. Um, Drew Gulak is is very good. Carrillo is also very good. They've done a good job of building up the match on 205 Live lately. Gulak won the title three months ago at Stomping Ground. So uh. a title change here, again, is likely. I don't see it happening. I think they added in Dorado of the Lucha House party to have him take the fall. It was supposed to be Humberto Carrillo and Gulak one-on-one, so I assume they're saving that for the Hell in the Cell pay-per-view or another later date. Um, So, I think they're going to do Gulak and Carrillo at the next show by having Gulak retain here by pinning Dorado, so he's my pick.
1: I think you are the 205 expert, the 205 correspondent. Correspondent was the word I was looking for. Thank (laughs) you, Randy. Um... Okay, where did I go next? Hmm. All right. Seth Rollins, Braun Strowman, Robert Roode, Dolph Ziggler, Raw Tag Team Titles.
0: I mean, it's got to be Roode and Ziggler, oh, yeah. right? I can't imagine Rollins and, and, and Strowman will hold on to the championships for much longer, so they might as well drop them here. Right. Um so, yeah, I'll say Roode and Ziggler. I guess they could lose here and then win the belts the next night on Raw, but at that point, who gives a shit? Like, it doesn't really matter, so you might as well just do it here to establish more tension between Rollins and Strowman before their main event match a little later on in the show.
1: Well, that's bad, right? A lot of a lot of matches you, you don't care about. That, that, that's,
0: that's bad, right? I mean, there's a lot of matches, though. You're not going to care about every single one. Uh-huh. Uh, the tag titles, dude, I think... Moreover, really, it's only the tag title matches I don't care about for the most part because their tag team division is fucking terrible for the men and women. They really do not give a shit about their tag team division. Um, I mean, I care about more of the other matches. I think the build for the show has been good overall, but the build for some of these matches has been completely non-existent, specifically the tag team stuff. though, They are just incapable, at least at the moment, of generating genuine interest for these tag team division matches because – they don't care about these matches, so why should we? All
1: right, Bailey, Charlotte, uh, SmackDown women's title. I got Bailey because I I I think um they have a lot of room to to to, to work on with her being as uh, as a, a semi heel or tweener heel. I think there's a lot to to play with that. Charlotte does not need the belt. In my opinion, she could she could do great things without it, but to to play along with the Bailey and the Sasha being the heels and the, all that, I think Bailey needs to keep the belt. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I think so too. She just won heel. To have her lose the championship so soon would be a mistake. Um, they haven't done a great job of following up on the heel turn to begin with. I mean, I'm not sure if she's a heel now, if she's a face. She has changed literally nothing about her character and the way she carries herself. And I understand the whole music thing, like, that's going to take time, but she came across like a complete baby face. In the ring, on the mic, on Raw and SmackDown this week, so I'm not exactly sure what they're going for with this. If they even thought it through before they did it, um, I guess we'll have to wait and see. But again, like I said, I think it'd be a mistake to take, to take the championship off of her at this point. And the show is emanating from uh, Charlotte's hometown of Charlotte, so it would make sense that Bailey cheat to win. And I don't know if Charlotte's going to be cheered on Sunday. I just assume she will, um, but ho- hopefully she is because it's probably the dynamic they're. Going going for, um, if Bailey cheats to win and screws over Charlotte in her hometown, it'll make Bailey that bigger of a heel. So that's yeah. that's where I'm, that's what I hope they do, but I'm not holding my breath. Um,
1: and you know, like, like, and you know, previously, if you're from a certain city or state and there's a show and you're going for a title, you 99% are going to lose a fucking match that just that happens all the time because i know when sasha had a match in boston for the title or whatever yeah she's from boston but then she lost the match so it's like charlotte mm. it, you know in her hometown barely Hill. you got to keep the belt on her which leads me to becky and sasha um That's what I want to say, because if you haven't noticed, Graham, a lot of people are like going on the Sasha bandwagon and they're slowly turning away from Becky Lynch, the man and this and that. Like, again, every year. There's something brand new. Becky, you know, had last year on lock with the man and all that is great. Now, it's Sasha's turn being the heel and doing everything brand new. Blue hair, all this attitude and swag here with um, with Bailey And with the garden, you kind of feel, you kind of sense that people are loving Sasha more now. And they're backtracking a little bit on Becky not, not a lot not a lot but you sl- slowly but surely yeah we like Becky but Sasha's is my girl now yeah
0: she's back the boss and all that mm-hmm. am I
1: bugging or do, do you see that too
0: yeah there's been a bit of a transition there I mean I don't think people are siding with Sasha over Becky completely um, she was still pretty favored in MSG. Becky was, and Sasha got a good reaction too. But it's not like people are siding with Sasha over Becky. But I guess we'll see Sunday. Um, I would put the belt on Sasha just because she is the hot hand right now. She's gonna win it eventually anyway. So why not on Sunday? Why wait? You know, why have her lose on Sunday only to win it at the next pay per view? I don't think that makes much sense. I don't think that makes much sense. And to put Becky back in chase mode might be the best thing for her. So um, I would have Sasha win. But Sasha, I mean, again, I wasn't a fan of the fact that you got to push right out of the gate after sitting at home for four months. But uh, she's done a good job as a heel in recent weeks. And uh, I've been enjoying the feed for what it is. And this match should be great.
1: Sasha needed a vacation, bro.
0: <laughs> oh, God.
1: You're <laughs> side with the boss. <coughs> That's right. Man. Um, I, I, it makes no sense to have Sasha come back, do all it is, and she don't be champion at Clash. Um. I'd be very shocked if she's not the champion. Uh, I'd be shocked if uh, if there's like a you know like a dirty finish or something like that where Becky still walks out, but Sasha does, you know, she don't get pinned or submitted. Sasha should walk out as champion. Um, don't do a little bullshit finish and then then you know have her winning on Raw. No, do it on Sunday. Do it now and let let Sasha carry the reign and be have Becky. In chase mode, I think that I think that's more appealing to the audience, uh, more appealing to the fans. Becky in chase mode, I don't know for how long, but have Sasha with the belt, and then we we'll go on from there. So, mm-hmm. um, we are down to, all right, Kofi and Randy Orton for the WWE title. Man, I want to say Orton too. I want to say Randy Orton. I, I do. I do. You know what? Fuck it. Randy Orton over Kofi Kingston. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. I mean, like, again, if Kofi wins, just your point about somebody else. If if, if they like uh, Alexa and Nikki Cross, if they win, who else is left? If Kofi beats Randy Orton, who who else is out there?
0: Mm-hmm. So well, got, so this I, was I this is what that's what I was thinking too. I think Orton's my pick, but not for that reason. Um, just because I do think Kofi has to ultimately go over in this feud. Cause I said this before a SummerSlam predictions, but I think it sends the wrong message. Cause the whole story here is that Orton, you know, held Kofi down for a reason. Oh, you, you can't beat me. You can never beat me. Blah, blah, blah. Right. It sent it, it, it basically tells you that if Kofi can't be Orton, the guy is mid card material. He's not made of that material. Um, so I would have him I would have him beat Orton, but this is what I would do because I was thinking on Tuesday while SmackDown was going on during this whole angle with Kofi and Orton the brawl, which that was well done. It was the best thing on SmackDown this week um, by a wide margin. And I'm thinking, who else can you have Kofi defend against? So I would have Orton win on Tuesday, or rather Sunday at the pay-per-view because he was made to look weak on SmackDown, and Kofi went over so strong during that angle on Tuesday, it got me thinking, I feel like Orton will win. I feel like Orton's going to win the championship and Hell in the Cell is next month. Okay. Yeah. So if they're going to extend this feud to Hell in the Cell, to have Kofi win on Sunday, how does Orton get another shot? That makes no sense. Like The feud should go another month. Hell in a Cell is right there. We constantly complain about them doing matches inside the cell that don't make sense. Kofi and Orton inside the cell, for as long as they've been feuding, dating back a decade, makes sense to do inside Hell in a Cell. But it doesn't make sense to have Kofi win here, and then lose there. It should be the other way around. Orton should win at Clash of Champions, become champion, and then Kofi ultimately gets the belt back at Hell in the Cell, because he has to be Orton at some point. That's my two cents. And then it goes back to your question, Randy. Who do you have beat Kofi, because there's still at that point, it doesn't matter whether it's Sunday or Hell in the Silla or whatever, there really aren't many other opponents for Kofi Kingston, especially if Bray Wyatt is still, you know, staying on Raw and going for the Universal Championship. So what do you do? I would turn Big E heel at that point. I know people are saying that after WrestleMania, I thought it was the wrong time. They never did it. I think November for Survivor Series would be perfect because that is right around the time of the five-year anniversary of the New Day. It makes perfect sense, um, especially if the New Day lose the tag titles at some point between now and then, which I'm sure they will. Um, I would turn Biggie heel, and I don't know how much merch money they're making, shit like that. I mean, they're still over as a unit, right. but if you want to catch people off guard, the same way they did with the Shield a few years ago, uh, you know, five years ago at this point. I would have Big E turn on Kofi right after Hell in a Cell and do that feud in the remainder of 2019 because he is the only other person left that makes sense as a potential opponent for Kofi Kingston.
1: All right, so we have Seth and Braun left. Now, before I get to that, is that the main event, Seth and Braun, or could it be Becky and Sasha or Kofi and Orton? What's the main event?
0: No, yeah, it's 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 Rollins and Strowman. I mean, you look at the promotion for this pay per view and how they built up the match. It's it's very clearly the main event of the show.
1: All right, so according to the the main event is Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman, the uni- <laughs> Universal Title. Listen, man, I told you um, last week. I think, I think Bray gets involved. I think there's no winner. It'll be sad to see Braun lose another championship match. I, I think I think there's no winner. I think Bray gets involved and you, and you get a uh, triple threat at Hell in a Cell. As much as I don't want that, I want Bray mm-hmm. as one of these guys. I think that's what you're gonna get somehow, some way. Just like uh, Roman and, and, and Braun had a, a false finish last year at the Hell in a Cell. If 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 I'm correct, um, not mistaken, but I don't think anybody wins. Who
0: you got? No, yeah, you're right. It's 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 uh, that that's exactly what I want. What I don't want to happen here that I fear will. Um, my prediction is that Rollins retains. I don't want to say, oh, it's going to be a clean finish or, you know, interference. If I had to, if gunned head, what do I say? I would say interference Um, because I feel like Wyatt will make his presence felt one way or another on Sunday's show. But, I mean, because having Rollins beat Braun clean is a very real possibility, but it, it would basically, again, send the message that what we've been watching for the last month now is clearly filler with braun that they have no plans for him which they don't he's not gonna win nor should he i've given up on the idea of braun becoming universal champion it's just it's not gonna happen so why who cares and it doesn't make sense either because i mean rollins beat the guy that braun could not beat what four or five times yeah. rollins has beaten him fucking twice he's beat him twice that's crazy so for braun to beat him would make no sense, especially after Braun has been made to look like a fucking loser for so long now. It's it's ridiculous. So, um, in the ring, I really have no real expectations for the match. Um, I don't want it to be the main event. I assume it will be. Like I said earlier. And as you said, Randy, I assume a um, interference finish is in the works here with Bray Wyatt getting involved. And um, I mean, it's it's bullshit because I hate I hate when they go off of pay per views with a no contest. Imagine if this was like four or five or six years ago when we were still paying fifty bucks for a pay per view, and they've done this shit before. Where they'll end a show with a non-finish—that is so bullshit. It's so lame. It's like you're watching an episode of Raw. It's bad. Um, I assume that's what they'll do. But either way, no matter what happens, I do see Rollins walking out still the champion. So why I can go for the title at Hell in a Cell next month?
1: So if I asked you, if you if you were booking this, if if Bray's gonna interfere with Seth and Braun. And you don't like a a pay-per-view going off the air with that kind of finish. Then does that give the question that then that may not be the main event? I mean, if that's the main event, you're probably going to get a clear winner. Um, That's why, for me, I could put that right before the main event or right in the middle and then have Becky and Sasha close the show or something that's going to make – the fans be upset about some at some point, one way or another. Like you know, I'll I, I get a new Raw Women's Champion at the end or I'm going to get a new Universal Champion at the end. It's it just a matter of the preference. So I, again, if you have a Stone Cold do moderations and this and that for Seth and Braun, that, that might be the main event, but to me it, it, it don't feel the main event. I think Becky and Sasha should, should be the main event.
0: It really depends on how they decide to go off the show. I mean, it, it feels like the main event for me just based on how they built it up. Yeah. That, I mean, I care about Sasha and Becky more than I do Rollins and Strowman by a long shot. Mm. Um, I don't know. I mean, I if, if if you asked me, what would I rather main event? Obviously, Becky and Sasha. But because right. Rollins and Strowman, I just I really just don't care. I, I like Rollins. Strowman jumped the shark for me a while ago in the matches. I just don't think Braun has a shot in hell of winning this thing. Whereas with Becky and Sasha, there's a way better shot of you know Becky winning or Sasha winning or whatever. Right. It's a lot more evenly matched. A lot like the Kofi Orton match, which I would honestly rather see me an event over Rollins and Strowman. But Again, if The Fiend gets involved, they probably want to close off with that. So, True. Um, yeah, it, it's it's probably going to be Rollins and Strowman. I can almost guarantee it, unfortunately.
1: And then, Seth Braun, Bray at Hell in a Cell. No matter what, Bray is going to be involved. Are we looking at Bray Wyatt as a new universal champion come Hell in a Cell, regardless of whether it's Seth or Braun?
0: Yes, I think so. I think they'd be dumb to not put the championship on Bray Wyatt. They've made a lot of dumb decisions before with Bray Wyatt, but that would be the worst of them all, just because there's no one else for Rollins. If we talk about Kofi, who else is there for Rollins to face on Raw if he beats Bray Wyatt? He probably the biggest opponent he can have right now. He's already beaten Brock twice, um, probably Braun on Sunday beat baron corbin a bunch of times earlier this year right um who else even is there on raw we already seen him he beat aj beat aj money in the bank we've seen that before mm. um samoa joe maybe not really a threat maybe <laughs> um i would i would just say hey bray wyatt why not i mean the guy's the hot hand right now he's an overact people want to see it it would be interesting so yeah i think bray wyatt as universal champion is only inevitable
1: all right grant what else we got i think that's pretty much it right yeah i think that's all the matches on the show yeah um where is raw uh, on monday
0: uh you know? well the pay-per-view is in charlotte the show on monday i don't know you do a quick search you can find out but i'm not mm. i'm not positive off the top of my head
1: yeah, I was trying to figure out why would they put the King of the Ring there for some reason. I, I don't know. I know Chad...
0: Well, Gale- again, like they just have way too many matches on the show. They probably didn't realize oh. that when they announced it initially, so that's mm. probably why. And it just it, it's fine because all the other King of the Ring winners they've done right. have been crowned on Raw. Uh, Regal did... Barrett, not Raw, but like the network, stream, the same thing. I mean, it's it's not that surprising. And again, it gives another thing to look forward to, gives us another thing to look forward to on Raw this week because right. the pay-per-view is stacked with matches. There's really no space for that match on the show anyway. I'd rather see it happen on Raw, give these guys 10, 15 minutes, than squeezing them in a five-minute time slot, maybe – at the pay-per-view or on the kickoff show. Like, I don't want to see that. I'd rather see it get time and get treated like a real finals match mm-hmm. the way it deserves to be and not be rushed on a pay-per-view.
1: Um, trying to see one more thing. Uh, match,
0: match of the night. What do you think? What do you got? It's <sighs> a, uh, a good question. Sasha and Becky probably had the best chance of stealing the show. I think AJ and Alexander could steal the show. if They were given enough time. Um, I'll say Becky and Sasha just because they've had more time to, you know, get people into their story, invested in what they're doing. Sasha's doing her thing right now. Becky's over. Um, there should be a lot more suspense in that match than AJ and Alexander just because that match was just added to the card a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say Becky and Sasha not only from a storytelling standpoint but obviously from an in-ring standpoint too because we know they can work well together. They had a number of great matches in NXT and early on in the main roster years ago. So we know they have that chemistry and it should be a really good match.
1: All right, Graham Matthews. Great job for beach Report on Twitter at WrestleRant. Um enjoy Clash of Champions. I know we'll review it next week and uh, we'll chop it up then.
0: Sounds good, Randy. Looking forward to it. I'll talk to you then. All right,
1: man. Take it easy. All right, you too. Adios. All right.